the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bible teaches very clearly that there is most certainly coming a day of judgment for anyone whose name is not found in the book of life. The Bible also tells us that God is not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to be thrown into the lake of fire, and so he has provided a way of escape, of salvation through Jesus Christ. Well, the fulcrum of grace. It's that balance between justice and mercy, and it is all found there at Golgotha on a cross. Welcome to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. This week we are celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, Easter. And we invite you to join us today as we continue looking at Easter through the eyes of Scripture. Here's Pastor Leighton Sheely with today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. Now in the last century, there's a lot of attention that's been given to the love of God. It's a very popular subject and even to the point where other attributes of God, such as His justice and holiness, are almost altogether ignored. This one-sided representation of God has led to a lack of appropriate fear and respect for God's holiness and justice. In the Old Testament and the New, God is described as being both merciful as well as just. For instance, in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes, Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is severe towards those who disobeyed, but kind to you if you continue to trust in his kindness. But if you stop trusting, you will also will be cut off. So the Bible tells us that God is both kind and severe at the same time. And that the facet of God where you experience is based on what side of grace you stand. Let me see if I can try to illustrate this. I have a great relationship with my children They are now young adults. In fact, this last week I had the privilege of accompanying my daughter and her future husband to uh, Redwood City to pick up their marriage license. So that's coming really soon. Daddy is very happy, by the way, obviously. Well, as uh, our kids were growing up, Daddy was a lot of fun to be around. Unless, of course, one of my kids uh, behaved in such a fashion that Daddy had to become the disciplinarian. Then daddy wasn't so much fun to be around. What my children perceived me was based on what side of grace or justice they were standing on. And our relationship with God is similar. And that's why we can say without contradicting ourselves that God is both merciful and just. He's merciful and does not want to punish us, yet God is also just and must punish sin. And the Bible teaches that There is a day coming when God will judge everyone for their sin. Revelation 20 says, And I saw a great white throne, and the one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. And the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. 
The lake of fire is the second death. And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. The Bible teaches very clearly that there is most certainly coming a day of judgment for anyone whose name is not found in the book of life. The Bible also tells us that God is not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anyone to be thrown into the lake of fire. And so he has provided a way of escape, of salvation through Jesus Christ. Now, it's important for us to understand who Jesus is because Jesus could only accomplish what he claims to have accomplished if he was who he claimed to be. You know, many people have different opinions about who Jesus is that are contrary to the Bible. If you were to ask a typical college kid today, they would probably say that he was a great teacher or he was an idealist. If you were to ask a Muslim, they would say that he was a prophet, the last prophet before Muhammad. If you were to ask a Jehovah's Witness, they would say that Jesus was just a God. If you were to ask a Mormon, they would say that Jesus was a man who became God. And these are just a few of many unbiblical opinions about who Jesus is and what the Bible says about Jesus. This is what the Bible says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glories of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word was God. The Word became flesh. The Word was Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus Christ was God who became flesh. That's what the word incarnate means, God in human flesh. Through the miracle of the virgin birth, God entered into this world in the human form. Well, that begs the question, then, why did God have to become human? And the Bible answers that question in Hebrews chapter 2. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. The wages of sin is death, but God cannot die. The only way God could die on behalf of mankind and thereby break the power of the devil and death was by becoming a man. Jesus accomplished what he was set into this world to accomplish. Do you remember what the angel said to Joseph? Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you were to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Throughout the Old Testament, God revealed his plan for mankind's salvation in many places. One of those places was Isaiah 53. And in Isaiah 53, we find these words, All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. What God did for mankind out of his immeasurable love and grace, was lay our sin with all of its shame and all its guilt on Jesus Christ. And because sin requires death, Jesus had to die. He died for my sins, and he died for your sins. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, it is finished. And the scholars tell us it's an accounting term, meaning paid in full. The wages of our sin were paid in full by the death of Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. The final proof of Jesus' sacrifice being accepted completely was his resurrection. Paul says that Jesus was put to death for our trespasses and raised for our justification. 
When Christ was raised from the dead, it was God's declaration of approval for Christ's work of redemption. By raising Christ from the dead, God the Father was in effect saying that he approved of Christ's work of suffering and dying for our sins, that his work was completed, and that Christ no longer had any need to remain dead. You see, if Jesus had died and remained dead in the tomb, then his sacrifice would have been seen as mere martyrdom. But because Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead, we know that God has fully accepted Jesus' sacrifice, and therefore we, his followers, can have full assurance of our salvation and eternity. You see, death was not able to keep him in the grave, and it's not going to be able to keep us either. Now, God's gift of salvation, eternal life, paradise, is received through placing our faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you were saved. Now, people have different kinds of faith, and not every kind of faith is a saving faith. Not all kinds of faith lead to eternal life. You know, some people have faith that since they attend church and they know some parts of their Bible, they're saved. There are other people who think they're saved because they've come to the conclusion that Jesus really was who he claimed to be. However, we receive this warning in James chapter 2. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God? Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Knowledge alone is not good enough. The demons know about God. The reason they tremble in terror is because they're destined for hell, not heaven. Knowledge alone is not enough to assure salvation. So that then brings the question, how can we know that the faith we have is saving faith? And the answer is given to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. For the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. There's no regret for that kind of sorrow. But worldly sorrow, which lacks repentance, results in spiritual death. It says, feeling sorry for our sin is not enough. It's not repentance. The word repentance means to change directions. You are going your own direction, and to repent means you change direction. You go the other way. You go God's way. Repentance is always accompanying saving faith. Jesus said at the end of his ministry, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Therefore, it is clearly contrary to the New Testament to speak of the possibility of being saved without repenting from sin. It's also contrary to the New Testament to speak of receiving Jesus Christ as Savior without receiving Him as Lord also. Remember those verses I quoted from Romans chapter 10? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
If Jesus is our Savior, then he must also be our Lord. And when we say he's our Lord, we're declaring that he is our master and we are learning to be obedient servants. This then is the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because of God's grace, heaven is a free gift. It cannot be earned. Man is a sinner, cannot save himself. God is merciful and therefore does not want to punish us, but he's also just and must punish sin. The Lord Jesus Christ is God in human form, and he purchased a place in heaven for us that he offers as a free gift. God's gift of salvation is received through saving faith. And with that, we come to the end of today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. Hey, do you have questions about today's program, which is tied into yesterday's and tomorrow's as well, as we spend the week looking at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? As we celebrate Easter, if there are any questions you might have about your relationship with the Lord, please reach out to us. Highlands.us is a great place to go. Highlands.us. You can learn more about us as well and the church, Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Again, highlands.us. Tomorrow, more Easter. Join us then. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.